What's up, guys? Welcome into another episode of the Wolverine Live Recruiting Show. I'm your host, EJ Holland. Alongside me is my co-host, Zach Livy. And we are going to talk about as much Michigan recruiting as we can. Obviously, the main focus is on Jim Harbaugh, who is currently in Los Angeles. A lot of rumors buzzing around in regards to Harbaugh and the Chargers. We'll see how everything transpires. In the meantime, in between time, the staff's still out recruiting. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about no visits happening in January so far. But before we do, I do want to remind you guys to like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel for free, and also subscribe to thewolverine.com for $1 for one month. And this show is brought to you by Leonard Financial Solutions. Leonard Financial Solutions founder Jonathan Leonard wants to listen to you to get to know your story and how he can best help you. People often hesitate to contact a financial advisor because they think they have to know what they want first. Leonard Financial Solutions founder Jonathan Leonard will start with you at square one, getting to know you and your unique situation. You don't want to outlive your retirement money. You don't want to make risky investments. You don't want your loved ones to experience financial insecurity. Leonard Financial Solutions wants to alleviate your fears by providing you with options for life insurance, income protection, retirement income, safe annuities, Medicare. They take the time to explain the pros and cons of each potential product and will not rush you through the decision-making process. When is the best time to sit down with a financial advisor? The answer is now. Whether you're just starting out or hoping to retire, Leonard Financial Solutions is here to help you get a free consultation at www.leonardfs.com or call 856-444-LIFE. Again, that's leonardfs.com or 856-4444-LIFE. All right. Shout out to Leonard Financial Solutions for producing tonight's show. Uh, do not be like me. You should be like Leonard Financial Solutions, and uh, or you should use the Leonard Financial Solutions. I just dropped like three bills on some off-white shoes, and I shouldn't be doing that. I should be investing my money and uh, doing the annuity stuff. I don't even know what that is. I need to get with Leonard Financial Solutions. And so does Zach, right? Leonard Financial Solutions all the way. Um, anyway, Zach was just bragging about his new AirPods today, which I think he's currently... No, not, no, no. He does, he's not using them, but we shouldn't be dropping this cash. We should be using Leonard Financial Solutions, and so should you guys. Anyway, let's go ahead and dive into tonight's show. If you have a question, this is the uh, Super Chat show, so make sure to leave a Super Chat. That money goes directly to our travel budget, uh, which we hope to do soon. But uh, obviously, right now, the elephant in the room in terms of recruiting is why isn't there any kids on campus? It is January. It is the contact period. That means recruits are allowed to make it to Ann Arbor and visit with the staff. Now, Zach and I have spent the early part of this week, so yesterday and today, as well as our team writer, Chris Ballas, trying to figure out, you know, why is this year so different from the previous years? You know, Jim Harbaugh has done this before. This isn't the first rodeo. He had some interest in the Denver Broncos last year. It didn't matter. He was still on the road making in-home visits. Recruits were on campus. And the year before that, I mean, he was really close to getting that Minnesota Vikings job, and they still had guys on campus. 
This year, fresh off a national championship, they don't have guys on campus. Harbaugh has not been on the road at all. So our, you know, thought process was, you know, what if they self-impose? Like last fall, you know, they they kind of put a ban on hosting recruits for the first few games, you know, based off of the cheeseburger gate, cheeseburger scandal, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, we thought, what if Michigan's trying to self-impose, trying to play it safe just in case the NCAA does come after Harbaugh or something like that, but this is not self-imposed. They're just opting not to host recruits, I guess, until the Jim Harbaugh situation gets played out. So what do you make of it, Zach? Do you think it's the right decision not to bring in recruits with Harbaugh continuing to flirt with the NFL? Or would you like to see them bring in recruits to get some time with other staff members that still might be be here regardless of Harbaugh? I mean, you're looking at Sharon Moore as maybe your next coach. So wouldn't you want recruits to get first time with him? What, what do you make of no January visits so far? Yeah, I thought about it this week and, you know, going back and forth in terms of whether or not there's a point, you know, considering Jim Harbaugh's interest in teams like the Los Angeles Chargers. But, you know, if you brought in recruits, let's say this upcoming weekend, you know, have your junior day be this weekend. You know, that question still hasn't really been answered, right? Like, who's the head coach, you know? Um, and you got to think about how who they brought in last year and the amount of times they did. There's so many recruits, you know, top targets, key guys, muscle guys who came in for the fall, you know, games like Ohio State, Purdue, Bowling Green. Um, a bunch of them came for the barbecue at the big house. More showed up for last year's junior day event. I think there was two. And then spring camp practice. Knowing that and the uncertainty with Harbaugh's position or stance or future with Michigan, maybe you could have brought in local guys or Midwest guys, you know, guys who don't need to make a, a flight or a day's long trip to get to Ann Arbor. Um, but I always feel you know, I, I going back to, you know, like outer region kids, guys who are must lands. I honestly don't see a point um, unless there's clarity on the future. And knowing the timeline for this January contact period, there's like two more weekends to bring in recruits if needed. And knowing that Harbaugh, based on reports, is striking distance and closing in on a deal with the Chargers. I feel like the process is pretty simple if we know where Harbaugh stands with this career future, um, if let's say offense coordinator Shromore gets the keys to the program or if Harbaugh returns, you know, as early as this week or next, you know, that final weekend. So that February 3rd and 4th is perfect for a blowout recruiting event for junior day. I mean, there's things like the home basketball game, you know, you can bring recruits to that. You can have Herbert's presentation. You can have meetings with the individual coaches. You can have tours. Um, but Obviously, that has in order to have to happen, you need to have clarity on who's the leader. So visitors can come in without questioning who's the head coach. So if let's say more people know that he's the leader moving forward and so on and so forth. Worst case, I guess if nothing is known until after February 4th, then obviously you just have to have an aggressive recruiting stance, like unknown to mankind by spring camp practice. So I I, I think the the uncertainty with Harbaugh is kind of hindered, you know, bringing in recruits, but I feel like, I feel like, I feel like the quicker this gets resolved, you know, obviously, as I mentioned, that final weekend, is just a perfect opportunity for Michigan to 
capitalize on its momentum from the national championship win. We do have a super chat coming in from Shane Johnson, and he says, what's wild is the leaders and best, even after a natty, still can't figure out NIL like Ohio has done the past three weeks. Where's Steve Ross and the big, rich alum base? Yeah, I mean, seeing – there's not really a question there, though. I mean, again, appreciate the uh, comments, Shane, but I, I think you can dive into this a little bit. Um if you haven't noticed, Ohio State has been killing it both on the recruiting trail and in the transfer portal. I mean, they took advantage of Nick Saban retiring by getting Julian Sayin, the number one quarterback in 2024, on top of the fact that they already have another top five or 10 guy in, in Aaron Nolan. So, you know, it's it's really interesting what Ohio State has done. I mean, they've completely rebuilt their roster. They landed Caleb Downs as well, who's one of the best uh, young safeties in college football. So, you know, Michigan in the same time period, I think yesterday or the day before, uh, I saw they landed a long snapper. But outside of that, there hasn't been much activity with the transfer portal or with, um, you know, recruiting, obviously. And I think that still goes back to Jim Harbaugh not being in office. Right now, there's no one really leading the program because your leader is out interviewing with um you know nfl teams with the chargers with the falcons so i think it's tough i think you know nil is the bigger issue in terms of long-term recruiting you know michigan needs to get that figured out so they can continue to compete for national championships regardless of who the head coach is, but in the interim, I think Michigan needs to uh, figure out who the coach is first before they start landing commitments and portal guys. A any other thoughts there, Zach? Yeah, I mean, obviously it needs improvements. Um, I don't know. There, you can't. If you're not going to use NIL, so I, I saw this somewhere on the message board, the Ford, and it really makes sense. You can sell, you know stability and development like Michigan has in the past, which has led them to a national championship. And then you add NIL. I feel like they need to have stability first. I feel like the Jim Harbaugh stuff needs to be, it needs to figure out before we can start figuring out NIL. Um, but if you're not going to do NIL like an Ohio state has done or any of the Southern schools, you have to have stability and development. And right now, Michigan doesn't really have stability, so they need to figure that out first. Yeah, and I mean, uh, JH makes the comment, UM just won the last true championship here on out, money uh, and the NIL wins. Yeah, I mean, it's important to note, like I've seen a lot of people try to make the counter argument, well, you know, Michigan won a national championship without NIL. Well, you know, the guys that, are on the roster were on the roster for this national championship when the significant players nil wasn't a thing back then you know it wasn't until the 2022 recruiting cycle that nil really started and at that point it was still new so teams were starting starting to get it figured out so now you see in the 23 and the 24 classes nil has really taken over and michigan coming off of playoff appearances uh, or two playoff appearances, you know, now they have classes ranked outside of the top 15. 
And that's a problem moving forward. You know, you need to continue to recruit at a top 15 level. I'm not expecting Michigan to go full on pay for play and have top five recruiting classes. But with the development and the coaching, I think that you still you can land a, a top 10 to 15 class every year and be extremely successful at Michigan. So, you know, I, I think it's counterproductive to point to that because NIL wasn't a thing on the recruiting trail yet. And you can say like, well, money worked out so well for Texas A&M, but it might not have worked out well for Texas A&M. I covered Texas for a long time and Texas A&M is about as dysfunctional as you can get. Regardless, I feel like Texas A&M could bring in all five stars and they would still find ways to lose. Like that's such a dysfunctional place. But, you know, money has worked out well, whether it's NIL or under the table for Alabama, for Georgia, for Ohio State. You know, these college football powers that have been long lasting, I think money has been just completely fine. So, I, again, I'm not saying for Michigan to do that, to go all in on, on pay for play. But I do think that there is a need to improve NIL so you can have recruiting classes like you had in 2021 and 2022. You know, 2021 with JJ, those guys were top 15. 2022 with Will, those guys were top 10. So I still think you need to recruit at that level to sustain success. And I think when you have a program like Michigan, you can continue to build that culture and find the right type of guys um but you know in in terms of the the no january visits kind of getting back on topic um look i think that you could make the argument either way i think you could say well jim harbaugh is not here so there's no point and you know when i say jim harbaugh is not here like he's not here right i mean in previous years he's been on campus for these visits in the past but you know, you saw this past weekend, he was in Baltimore for his brother's game and he was at the, you know, the, the rally or whatever in, in Washington, D.C. So he's not even on campus for these, you know, weekends. So it, it seems like Harbaugh has completely checked out of recruiting, whereas in years past he had not. So I think it makes it more difficult to bring guys in still. I think if you're Sharon Moore, I don't know if you just go rogue or something, but I, I, you know, if I knew that I had the opportunity to become the next head coach, I would personally be trying to get guys on campus, you know, whether it's just offensive line guys or offensive targets in general, I would make sure that if, you know, if I'm Sharon Moore, I say, Hey, Mike Hart, Grant Newsome, Ron Bellamy, let's get some guys on campus, whether Harbaugh is here or not, because we're, we're the guys that have the relationships with these, you know, underclassmen so far. And, you know, if I'm the next head coach, I want you guys to be on staff, you know, so let's try to, to build some momentum now, because the longer you wait to get guys on campus, the more the national championship, you know, kind of aura is, is fading a little bit. So, uh, I, I, I get Zach's point, though. You still have two weekends left, but it doesn't look like they're going to bring in any guys this weekend uh, unless that Harbaugh situation gets resolved and to make a quick turnaround on more. That leaves you one weekend, February 3rd. And, you know, a lot of these guys, Michigan's a national program, right? So they recruit everywhere. A lot of these guys have already made plans for February 3rd. So it's going to be tough to hop on a plane or get a last minute plane ticket to come to Ann Arbor because that hasn't been really planned yet. Now, 
I, I think that they, they can make it happen with maybe some guys from the East coast or some, some guys from the DMV where flights are a little cheaper and, and obviously the more of the local guys, but you know, it's kind of a mess in terms of recruiting. I, I feel like either way, even if they do have a big weekend on the third, they wasted the entire contact period not, you know, and, and wasted an opportunity to build off a national championship. And it's not really Michigan's fault. It's more, you know, it's the situation at hand with Jim Harbaugh. And I mean, he delivered a national championship, but at the same time, looking ahead, I think it kind of sucks that they're not really capitalizing on that momentum. All right, Zach, any last thoughts on no, um, no January visits so far? Maybe some guys will pop up on campus soon. Yeah, maybe it's just an optimist viewpoint, but I feel like this Harbaugh situation is going to get done sooner rather than later. So you, if that, like I said, that first weekend of February looks like a window to bring in guys. Yep. So uh, we'll see what happens. Remember, for for those of you that are not familiar with the recruiting calendar, the contact period ends right before National Signing Day, which I believe is February 7th. Mm -hmm. So then you have a month long dead period again. So you're looking at not getting in any recruits until March that, you know, in the recruiting world seems kind of far removed from trying to build momentum off the national championship. So, you know, we'll see how everything kind of plays out here over the next few weeks. But like I said, Michigan staff is still on the road. Sharon Moore is still on the road. In fact, he was right down the street staying in state, seeing a top offensive line target, Avery Gash, out of Birmingham Grove. Zach, you've been all over the Avery Gash recruitment. Tell us a little bit about where Michigan stands and how Moore's visit went out there. Yeah, so as EJ mentioned, Jerome Moore stopped by Birmingham Groves, 45 minutes north of Ann Arbor, uh, like four, 45 minutes north of Ann Arbor. Um, you saw Avery work out and they met, you know, as for this overall recruitment, you know, communication picked up in the fall, obviously, with 25 recruits able to contact coaches directly, despite the fact that coach that Sharon Moore had so much on his plate regarding, you know, sole play calling duties, the offensive line and four games as an acting head coach. You know, they still found ways to talk Moore actually saw Avery Gash as well in person at Groves during his playoff game during Michigan's bye week um, this January visit comes after Gash saw after Gash visited Ann Arbor three times in the fall for games. Um, you know, from talking to family, talking to Gash himself, Michigan rolls out, you know, the so-called maize and blue carpet every time he's on campus. There's he never leaves feeling like he wasn't a priority for the staff, whether it's coaches or the recruiting staff. Um, you know, the family has been able to sit down with Jim Harbaugh a couple of times. They like talking to him. Uh, academics is playing a big role in this recruitment. So the Ross Business School is something that both the family and Avery want to check out. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously being being recruited heavily by the national champs who are an hour less than an hour away from your home is um un, you know, let alone enough for any kid to be interested in them. But you know, there's so much competition for uh, this recruits. I mean, Gash is being heavily pushed by Ohio State. 
I was hearing there were plans by head coach Ryan Day and offensive line coach Justin Fry to visit Groves as well. Um, there's 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 so much snow in metro area, so they had to reschedule. But obviously, Ohio State's a big one in this recruitment. USC, Wisconsin, uh, Georgia, Michigan State with its new staff. They're making in-state recruiting probably its biggest emphasis during the January contact period. Avery Gash is one of them being that his parents graduated from East Lansing. But um, I know there was a lot of buzz about Avery after the Ohio State win. I, I mean, there was a lot of uh, consideration for him to commit to Michigan. But, you know, I have I have said this, you know, they've they're going to wait till official visits the family. So there's going to be a lot of time for Michigan and these other schools to continue having Gash on campus. Um, he is expected to go to East Lansing on the first weekend of February. So if you want, I don't know where his plans are this weekend, but this would be a good time to, if they decide to bring in recruits or for spring camp practice, and then obviously for an official visit, but yeah, uh, projected to be a guard, um, really mean kid on the field, loves to finish blocks, just that grinded out mentality that Michigan has and won Joe Moore awards. So this is a must land. Um, it, this is the top target for Michigan in state. So, um, you know, I think Moore is going to continue pushing as hard as he has, uh, in, which includes obviously seeing him this week. And for full details on the staff's whereabouts, you can head over to the Wolverine.com. We're constantly dropping updates on where the assistant coaches are. Um, you know, Jesse Minter, and despite the NFL rumors, was out recruiting in Chicagoland. Mike Elston was out with him. Clank's been all over the place. Jay Harbaugh was in Georgia today. You know, Ron Bellamy's been all over the place. Kurt Campbell's been all over the place. So you can get full details over at the Wolverine.com. Now, I, I will say this, since we are talking about Avery, uh, I, I think that Grant Newsom is a possibility as the next head coach. I mean, not the next head coach, the next offensive line coach. Uh, sorry, Grant. Uh, but no, I think Grant Newsom could potentially be the next offensive line coach if Sharon Moore takes the head coaching job. And, you know, Grant's been out there seeing some top offensive line targets as well. He was seeing Michael Carroll yesterday out in the Philadelphia area. And on Thursday, he'll actually see Rowan Byrne up in New York. So, you know, keep an eye on Newsom. He could be, he, I, I already think he's a rising star um, when it comes to the Michigan coaching staff. And I feel like he can make big impacts with guys like Gatch and Carroll and Byrne. So again, for more on Michigan hitting the road, uh, head over to the Wolverine.com. And remember, if you want a question answered on tonight's show, hit that super chat button. Shane Johnson's already done it twice. He's back with another 199 super chat. And he says, thoughts on Ron Bellamy. The wide receiver room has been very underwhelming. Zach, I'll let you go first on this one. I don't really understand the criticism that he's gotten from Michigan fans. He coaches a position that has such a high market value regarding NIL that when you coach a team like Michigan who doesn't necessarily play that game, you're at a disadvantage, and it's not something that you can control yourself. I mean, look, I mean, this is a guy who has so many connections in Dallas and Louisiana because he was born there and just hotbeds of wide receivers, right? 
and he he is not afraid to go after the top dogs whether or not he lands them i don't think it's really i don't i don't see anything where like he needs to improve right like it's it's every he coaches a position as i mentioned that commands so much value from an nil's perspective that it's like how can you compete with that yeah i mean i i feel the same way if you're ron bellamy you have both hands tied behind your back when you're recruiting one hand's tied behind your back because there is no real nil and when you're looking at top 100 wide receivers top 200 wide receivers those guys are commanding nil dollars you know they look at michigan and they look at other schools and there's more monetary opportunities elsewhere. The other hand is tied behind his back because of the offense. So you're trying to pitch a top 100 or 200 wide receiver on playing at Michigan where the offense isn't very pass happy and you're not going to get paid. So, I mean, you're not going to get paid up front. You might get paid later, but um, you know, other schools are saying you'll get paid now and we'll throw the And so that's really tough to recruit against. Anybody that's coaching a premium position right now is in a really tough spot. Ron Bellamy's in a tough spot. Steve Klinkscale is in a a really tough spot, too. You look at corners. I mean, there aren't a lot of premier corners out there. And the ones that are out there are getting top dollar. Um, So despite, you know, Klink has a little bit more of an advantage than Bellamy does because at least Clink has a defense to sell. He has Will Johnson to sell. You know, Bellamy's handicapped by the offense. But still, I think Clink's in a really tough position. I think Mike Elston's in a really tough position to find those really high-level uh, defensive linemen. And I think you've seen Elston not be crazy active on the trail as maybe Clink and Bellamy are. I think he's playing it more like, all right, I'm going to find these hard hat lunch pail type of kids that work hard and I'll develop them. And that's what he's done recently, landing guys like, you know, Brooks Barr and Ted Hammond and Owen Wayful and, you know, Bobby Kanka this cycle. And so I think Elston's gone that route. He's not really even going all in on guys that could potentially be pay for play. So I think that with Bellamy and to a lesser extent, Clink, it's not really their fault. It's just, you know, they have things working against them right now in today's college football recruiting landscape. Speaking of Clink, let's go ahead and uh, move over to our final topic, and that is Dorian Brew, uh, top 100 cornerback out of Texas by way of Ohio, has delayed his decision. Uh, He initially listed Michigan in his top group. He was set to make a commitment this week. A lot of people, including myself, picked Ohio State to win this recruitment, but Clink and some other schools visited him over the last uh, week and a half, and he decided to delay. Uh, Zach, how are you feeling about Dorian Brew? Um, I know he's a Texas guy, so I should be more familiar with him, but he's not a true Texas guy because he is from Ohio. He spent most of his high school career in Ohio, actually at the same high school as Rod Moore, Clayton Northmont. So you're a little more familiar with Brew. How do you feel about him delaying his decision? Do you think Michigan's a true contender, or do you still think this is Ohio State's to lose? Yeah, so Northmont is suburban Dayton, and Dayton is very Ohio State, like favors Ohio State. Um, You know, guys like Aaron Scott in the 24 class cornerback, is from suburban Dayton. He went to Ohio State, so on and so forth. 
you know, when you mentioned Rob Moore, former graduate of Northmont, he's a selling point on himself for Ohio kids, right? Didn't get an offer, ended up making big plays against the Buckeyes and is a starter, right? But with Brew, you know, he's a safe bet for Ohio State. Um, his mother is an all Amer- was an All-American track star for the Buckeyes. She's actually on Ohio State's track team Hall of Fame, too. Um, as you mentioned, he moved to Texas to Conroe, which is an hour north of Houston. And Houston is home to cornerback uh, commit for Ohio State, Devin Sanchez out of North Shore, who's the number six overall recruit in the country. They're good friends. And as I mentioned, they're less than an hour away from each other. But with Michigan visits, he's been there twice before he moved to Texas for a spring camp practice and then the barbecue at the big house last year. Uh, you know, Clink's visit for him in the January contact period, I think it's huge because it shows that Clink doesn't care about going after Ohio State kids with but OSU connections. Um, he's had success in that state these past two cycles in 23 and 24 by landing eight commits, including top 100 running back Jordan Marshall, who was desired, really desired by the Buckeyes. Um, you know, he was, he pulled all the stops for guys like Bryce West and Aaron Scott this past cycle didn't win, but not without effort. Um, but this 2025 class for kids with Ohio state roots and guys that clink is personally going after, you know, this is the class to get a big win. And I mean, like those top 100 kids, immediate impact players. Um, as I mentioned, he missed out on some guys, but this is where you can gun for those top dogs. Dorian Brew, uh, Trey McNutt out of Shaker Heights, Dwayne Galloway, uh, number 99 overall player from Columbus. Uh, from Columbus. Like there are some talents who have visited multiple times in Ann Arbor down south of the border. And if anyone can grab a kid like Dorian Brew or a Trey McNutt or Dwayne Galloway, uh, some of them who are heavy leans or even legacies to Ohio State, I feel like Clink is the guy to do it. I also think the pitch is look at Ohio State's corner room. It's getting pretty full. You just landed Aaron Scott. You just landed Bryce West. You just landed Devin Sanchez. So now, you know, you can tell Brew, hey, Come to Michigan, be a Buckeye killer, go against the grain, be like your, you know, former classmate Rod Moore um, and play early. Like there is a big need at corner for Michigan. I mean, you look at the roster right now and there's clear uncertainty who's going to play opposite of Will Johnson next year. And even corner recruiting the last couple of cycles You know, Josiah Edmond has been a big rankings riser, but I don't think he or any of the recent lands are really going to scare anybody off. I think you sell him on the opportunity for an open competition and playing in an NFL style defense and playing for him, for Clink. You know, Clink isn't going anywhere, or at least he doesn't plan on going anywhere. So I think that, you know, Clink can still sell himself. Like, yeah, there's uncertainty with Jim Harbaugh, but I plan to be here. My, I love Michigan. My son's going to Michigan. So I think that, yeah, if there's anybody that can shake, you know, the needle there, it's, it's Clink. I still think it's going to be a bit of an uphill battle. I still think Ohio State is the favorite for Dorian Brew, but it was definitely needed for Michigan to to have him delay, and that's exactly what happened. So. You just mentioned, too, 
additions, right? Like Devin Sanchez and Scott and West, they just landed transfer from Caleb Downs. So, right, you just mentioned it. Like, how much playing time could you possibly get realistically as a corner for Ohio State, right? As a media freshman, considering all the competition that you have. Yeah, as a DB in general, I mean, you you have a lot to sell if you're Michigan about open competition in the secondary. I know guys are coming back like Rod Moore and, you know, Makari Page, but those guys are gone next year. Will's gone next year. You, I mean, if Keon Sab has a great season, he could be gone the next year. He came in the same class as Will. So, I mean, I think that that's your pitch to all these guys in the secondary. But, of course, like I mentioned earlier in this show, you're kind of handicapped by a lack of NIL and you're facing an uphill battle with brew just because of those Ohio state connections. But you, you do have a lot to sell if you're clink uh, when it comes to, to brew and some others, this cycle, like you mentioned, Zach, uh, Dwayne Galloway, who's in Columbus, Trey McNutt, who's up in Shaker Heights. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I think everybody obviously Wants to know what happens with Jim Harbaugh this week, so we'll continue to play it by ear. We'll continue to report on what we can report as the Michigan staff continues to hit the recruiting trail. Uh, Appreciate you guys for joining us tonight. Make sure to like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel for free, and also subscribe to the Wolverine for $1 for one month. I'll be back tomorrow for the Wednesday Q&A show unless something breaks with Harbaugh. So, you know, keep it tuned in. Uh, we'll have all your latest updates over at the Wolverine.com from our great team of guys, Chris Ballas, Anthony Broom, and Clayton Safety. So subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the Wolverine.com, and I will see you tomorrow.